Welcome to Invested in Our New Reality, a limited series podcast for business leaders and entrepreneurs navigating the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Siobhan Haspel-McIntosh. I'm the diversity and belonging lead at Shopify, as well as a member of the board of directors for Invest Ottawa. And I'm really glad that you've chosen to join us for today's conversation. We are living through unprecedented times and there is so much uncertainty for communities, for businesses, for Canadians. In fact, uncertainty about where this pandemic will lead and what it means for all of us is one of the most destabilizing aspects of COVID-19. And that's why we've launched Invested in Our New Reality. This podcast will provide a platform for business leaders to share their experience of the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, to offer practical advice on leading through crisis, and candid observations about navigating the new reality. Companies around the globe have spent 2020 reacting and adapting to COVID-19, and now businesses are cautiously looking forward to a post-pandemic world. In today's episode of Invested in a New Reality, we're talking to Cynthia LaBelle, Vice President of Engineering at Centronic R&D Canada, a global design house offering customers special competence in electronics, electromechanics, and technical and administrative software development. Centronic is working in dozens of countries a multitude of diverse clients. And like so many organizations, they have been busy ensuring business operations continue while also keeping the health and well-being of their employees, customers, suppliers, and community members as top priority. It's been a careful balancing act and Cynthia LaBelle has been right in the middle of it. I'm so glad that she is here to share her insights about Centronic's COVID journey so far. Cynthia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. No problem. So can you tell us a little bit about Centronic and how you're helping your clients achieve success? Well, certainly. So we're a global engineering design house. We were founded in 1983. Um, our head office is in Java, Sweden, with design centers across the globe, as you had pointed out. In 2014, we started a new journey and opened up our Centronic Canada office here in Ottawa. And we are the lead design center for the Americas with satellite centers in California and Michigan. And the journey over the last six years has been absolutely incredible. And uh, we have built up our team to nearly 300. We offer end-to-end product lifecycle services in areas such as telecom, automotive, defense, industrial. And how we help organizations succeed? Well, we do that by delivering the best-in-class services and focusing on customer satisfaction. So in my organization, um, I am focused in software. So we, we provide services in all areas related to the life cycle um, from system architects, project managers, developers, et cetera. And I think our differentiator, what we do very well is we understand what our clients' needs are. We sit with the customers. We understand what their gaps are. We, under, we try to understand what skill sets they're missing. And then we show them our overall end-to-end cycle. And then we're making sure that we deliver exactly the services that will give them the help them achieve their goals really so whether it's finding a new market disruptor uh, from an architect point of view to give them that competitive edge or meeting aggressive timelines so augmenting teams to uh, address this or even maintaining their existing products while they are developing the next generation of their product so so we really do augment their organizations with our flexibility and our skills and expertise Amazing. And, and how does this current 
pandemic affect a global company with business lines in eight different countries? One of the biggest challenges we faced um, at the onset of the global pandemic was mainly around the approach of each site. We are global. And, and what we found was the cultural differences really contrasted in this difficult situation. And so we realized very quickly that we couldn't have a unified global approach. Our core values were still the same. So our responsibility to our employees to ensure their well-being, to continually meet and exceed um, expectations of our customers. But every country encountered different situations. So each site really aligned to the rules and the regulations and guidelines outlined by their governments. So for example, our design center in Asia was the first to be impacted. And their global approach was very different than ours, our other sites. So in China, they did work from home and they had the lockdown, but they're now back into a more regular routine. But what they've done is they've, they've gone back to the office, but they do shifts um, to avoid um, the density in the offices. In Sweden, they were never mandated to work from home, so they've always been working from the office. So here in Canada, uh, we moved very quickly and aligned with um, the, the government's regulations and recommendations. So we did have the majority of our employees working from home very quickly, and uh, except for those that really need to be in the office, because we were deemed an essential business, there were always a handful of people that could be working on site here. But we did follow our government regulations, and we have and still are following them. That's great. And I think that's like a really important point to highlight, which is sometimes blanket strategies don't work. You have to look at the uniqueness of each region Absolutely. and come up with something for that. That's phenomenal. And, and has the pandemic had an across the board effect for Centronic or has it affected different business lines in different ways? It absolutely has hit every business line differently. I, from our business development perspective, most of our customers are being careful with their spending at this time. And because we service so many industries, we are capable and very quick at adapting to it, but it's very challenging with the customers being more cautious on the spending, being more cautious on their headcounts, et cetera. So, our Canadian office was in a growth mode before the pandemic. So we've had to put the brakes even ourselves on some of our initiatives and, and also take a cautious approach as we settle into this new normal way of working, whatever that is going to be. Um, in the U.S., our business development offices are even a little bit more challenging place because they're even newer. So reaching out and getting uh, visibility to new customers where they're more internally focused now is challenging. In our operations of Centronic, there's two predominant divisions um, in terms of operations, hardware and software. And, and my colleague certainly has in hardware a, a unique challenge because they need to be hands-on. And activities such as allowing even remote access means you need to go into labs to change configurations. So having to be on-site, how do you manage the on-site um, in labs that are set up specifically for close collaboration how do you improve physical distancing? So, so these are some of their challenges. Now in Centronic, we are very fortunate uh, to have sufficient office space so that it, it makes it a little easier for him, but it's still something that he needs to overcome. And now I've been very lucky in software um, and it's been very generally very positive for us. 
because software has typically always had the flexibility for remote working. So the majority of our customers were remote to begin with. So whether we were working remotely with our customer from the Centronic office or working remotely from our homes, as we are in this case here, we've had the infrastructure and the experience and the culture to make it fairly seamless. Now, we have had challenges, I mean, that were fairly easy to overcome, uh, such as ensuring we had the proper equipment at home to um, be productive. Um, and we use the term overproductive because we really want people to think about how to remain productive in the office because we all know that you want a sense of normalcy when you're working so long from home. Uh, so so we just that productivity was focused. But our biggest challenge um, was the social isolation. And we addressed that as best we could with things like video one-on-one. So we really mandated that team one-on-ones and team meetings where possible to do video. So there's that connection there. Uh, We also tried to make it a little bit of fun in the software space uh, because we have the technology, so we can use it. Uh, So we had virtual FICAs on Friday. And FICA is a very unique um, Swedish activity, which is on Fridays or at afternoons, you get together for pastries and coffee. So we would have virtual FICAs um, and, and continued on with FICA um, culture that way. We'd have breakfast stand-ups. So some of our teams would do a breakfast stand-up and they would dress in red one day. Or because of the cultural diversity in our organization, one of them was all about what do you typically eat for breakfast? And, and so we tried to make that social isolation become less prominent by having these types of activities. Um, but from an execution point of view, it has been very positive in the sense that people finding more productive, so less useless meetings, less interrupts, less um, less distractions. Um, they find they're closer to their teams. One manager was absolutely thrilled with the meetings because he actually was noticing the smiles and the engagement and that closeness coming from the uh, from from the teams so in all from a software it's been fairly seamless but for the some of my rest of my colleagues in Citronic is a little bit more challenging um, but they definitely have overcome amazing Okay, so Cynthia, you've touched on this a little bit already, but maybe we could just like deeper dive. Uh, Some of the countries where Centronic works were impacted by COVID-19 before shutdowns began here in Canada. What were you able to learn from those companies that helped Canadian operations adapt? So we definitely learned from some of the um, impacts from our our colleagues in in the different uh, zones, such as Asia and Sweden. What we started passively doing based on before we went into the COVID shutdown is we started to implement some of the measures that are common regardless of what country they were in, which was social distancing and isolation if you were sick and uh, the trying not to use or touch surfaces. So before they even shut down, we actually started implementing things such as in meetings, every second chair, we didn't shake hands uh, before COVID shut down, we started to encourage employees who were not well to go home. So we had passively started to implement these things. And so after the actual COVID um, situation hit, when the passiveness disappeared, it became a recommendation. It was really fairly straightforward for our company just to continue in that and, and grow on that momentum and then start to implement some of the more country specific and province specific guidelines. 
Amazing. And I would love for you to be able to offer some tangible next steps or some tangible advice for people who are listening right now or companies about communication. We lightly touched on that, but good communication to internal and external audiences can make or break a company. I'd love to dig into like, how does Centronic keep the lines of communication open, especially during a pandemic? Absolutely. From day one, and my one piece of advice for anybody uh, in any type of situation is to err on the side of over-communication. The focus is on the employee's well-being and our customers. So we had very quickly adapted to that. Um, the leadership team, we were getting together um, in the very beginning twice a day in the mornings and the afternoons so that we could quickly react to what was happening and to establish what communication was required. So um, we focused on all staff communications to make sure they were informative and interactive. We wanted to hear back real time very quickly from our employees. So for the interactive, it was either uh, please reach out to us or we reached out to them just to sort of say, how did you like this? So we'll target certain people or we sent out surveys. Uh, but we did that from the very beginning of the pandemic. We used different mediums to communicate. We did emails. We did town halls. We had targeted team meetings, one-on-ones. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, it was daily and uh, we frequent and sometimes multiple times a day if there was significant enough information that we really felt we needed to get it out there. We would communicate on best practices from working home. Uh, and, and so we really just focused our beginning on communicating. We wanted our key driver, which is our employees, to feel safe. But I guess the biggest opportunity for us to help our employees was increasing one-on-ones. So we talked to each of the nine managers and we really encouraged for those one-on-ones to become really frequent and the touch points to be really frequent. And because everybody deals with situations in different ways and everyone has their own situation and those one-on-ones gave us the opportunity to make sure that everybody was okay. Did they need help? Um, if they were sick or isolating, could we buy them groceries? Uh, did they need what they had to be productive at work? Uh, is there anything we could do to help them? So we focused on that and the feedback from our employees over over the time and, and sort of polling them at times saying this was very helpful for them. It made them feel safe. It gave them information. And because of this, they were able to focus on their engagement and because they were focused on their engagement and increased engagement, they were able to continue to focus on their projects and therefore our customer deliverables. So again, it just all ties together. Um, The other piece of advice is focus on your customers. So we reached out immediately to each customer. We sent them out um, a very specific email to communicate what we were doing as a company, Centronic, what we were doing in terms of remote work, any impact to their organization, just a reminder of what projects we had with them and what the uh, schedules were. And then we set up a, uh, a communication um, chain with them as well as frequency. So we wanted to revisit and explicitly state what our communication plan was going to be in this new way of working because they're now working from home as well too. So we needed to make sure that we had the right medium to be able to do this. We've also shared uh, at Centronic our best practices with our customers and because our office policies, procedures, employee communications, and, and it's worked out really well for us. And in some cases, we've also helped our customers with theirs 
um, by maybe helping them with the cash flow on some certain things or reduce uh, when they had reduced efficiency, we were able to help them improve that or even help them seize an opportunity very quickly. So we've shared our learnings with our customers as well, too, and really um, became true partners in that way. So communication, number one. Wow. Those are some really great tactical and tangible tips that people can take away and leverage in their own organizations. Cynthia, I've really appreciated hearing your thoughts and learning points today on the show. Thank you for being here to share insights with other entrepreneurs. And thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. No problem. And thank you also to our terrific listeners. As you know, all episodes of Investing in Our New Reality are available on the Invest Ottawa website, on Spotify, and on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please spread the word. Share a link with your social media followers. I'm Siobhan Hassel-McIntosh. Thank you for being a part of Investing in Our New Reality. And stay strong, stay healthy, and stay safe.